Is your child struggling with a specific subject or need help with homework? Are they asking questions that you're not sure you can fully answer? IXL Learning is an online learning program for kids. It covers math, language arts, science, and social studies. IXL is designed. This program will improve your kids' grades. Studies done in almost every state in the country. The kids who had IXL are consistently doing better. Powered by advanced algorithms, IXL gives the right help to each kid no matter the age or personality. And it doesn't have to eat up all your time. One subscription gets you everything for all the kids in your home, pre-K to 12th grade. So don't miss out. One in four students in the U.S. are learning with IXL. IXL is used in 95 of the top 100 school districts in the U.S. Make an impact on your child's learning. Get IXL now. And listeners can get an exclusive 20% off IXL membership when they sign up today at IXL.com audio. Visit IXL.com audio to get the most effective learning program out there at the best price. Knowing how to speak and understand a new language can be an invaluable tool when traveling, meeting new friends, or just even to master a new skill. But it's not always simple when you're bogged down by textbooks and structure classes. That's why so many people trust Rosetta Stone. Rosetta Stone is the most trusted language learning program, available on desktop or as an app. It truly immerses you in the language you want to learn, like Spanish, French, Italian, Chinese, and more. You won't just be studying English translations. The Rosetta Stone intuitive process helps you pick up a language naturally, first with words, then phrases, then sentences. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com rs10. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com rs10 today. Welcome to Unhappy Hour, the show where we bitch about all the things we love to hate every single week. I'm your host, Matt Bellisai. I'm here in my home studio recording far, far away from my producer, Barry Finkel. Hi, Barry. Hi, Matt. How's your week going? Oh, it's great. I'm trying this thing where I wake up at 6.30 in the morning. I'm trying to get up earlier and earlier. To what end? Until you never fall asleep? Yeah, until I trick my body into being awake at all times. No, I think (laughs) I just like lately I'm like not doing anything at night, especially during the week at least. I mean, stuff is starting to happen more and yeah, yeah, yeah. But I just get way more done in the morning and I always feel bad Mm. when I'm not doing stuff in the afternoon. So I'm like, okay, if I get up, do stuff, then I'll feel fine about not doing anything in the afternoon (laughs) because I'll have done everything already. How's it working out? I mean, it's... I'm doing it. Wow. But the problem is I'm fucking tired. I don't know if you know this, but when you wake (laughs) up earlier and don't go to bed any earlier, (laughs) it doesn't equal more sleep at all. (laughs) It's cruel. So now, yeah, I've I've successfully woken up earlier. Uh, Now I need to successfully try going to bed earlier, which turns out Mm. maybe just as hard as waking up earlier. (laughs) It's not easy. How's your week? Godspeed. You know, it's fine. I'm pretty sure I'm re-addicted to caffeine, which I spent a long time trying to wean off. But, you know, here fine, we are uh, getting a little zipped in the morning and very sleepy in the afternoon. Honestly, same. I, I mean, yeah. not in the least because of everything I just said. But yeah, <laughs> I'm back on drinking a full pot of coffee in the morning and then getting Starbucks in the afternoon. So... <laughs> 
Anyway, we're both doing great. We're caffeinated. Um, I am at least. So on with today's episode. What's coming up? We're going to kick things off as always with Worst Things First, where I shout about the stupidest, the most ridiculous worst news of the week. After that, we're diving deep into your rants. It's a rant hotline week. We got some good ones. And finally, we've got Emmy-nominated actress Punam Patel on the pod. You know and love her as Kim from Special on Netflix. We rant about classic American cuisine, people who wear shoes in the house. And of course, we talk about the second season of Special. I love it. So let's get into it. Let's do it. Let's start the show. All right, worst things first, let's chat about the worst news of the week. First, for the sixth consecutive year in a row, Chicago has been named the rattiest city in America. Boo. I'm booing because normally I'm not very competitive, but I do feel like New York deserves this. I mean, I feel like Chicago as our homeland, you know, we can we can take the W on this one. We can claim we could claim a win. Yeah, but but you know, a rat didn't come out of my sink in Chicago. A rat came out of my sink in Brooklyn. So, that but is fine. True. I'll, let's let's hear it. Let's hear about why and how they received this great honor. Yeah, I believe we actually discussed it last year when they mm. were named number one. I don't know if everybody recalls, but I had a sick obsession with rats at the beginning of the pandemic. Oh, yeah, <laughs> mostly because I was fully prepared <laughs> for one of the side effects of the pandemic to be just our cities being overtaken by rats. I mean, you have yet to be proven wrong. Yeah. I am preparing for the uh, side effects of cicada season because mm-hmm. I'm fully convinced that cicadas are like the the f- food that will just bring out the worst predators. And mm-hmm. I am prepared for all of these motherfucking animals to be well-fed and on the prowl. I guess... If they're well fed, they're less likely to bother me because they're not looking for my garbage. Right, right. But that's not how I think of rats. I think of rats as once you're hungry, you're looking for something else to to get your jollies off, to get your little your, your little rat wieners hard. This has been Science with Man. But more importantly, this story is not about rats. It's about what Chicago is doing to fight the rats. According to WGN in Chicago, used to watch that in the mornings Represent. before school, they're reporting that 1,000 feral cats have been intentionally released throughout the city no. to combat the rat problem. No, 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 no. This is what they did in Tel Aviv. And now Tel Aviv is completely overrun with feral cats. And it's terrifying. Yeah, amazing feral cats. Here's a question. I don't know if you have the answers to this. I probably do. Are the feral cats neutered? I believe so. Yeah. Yes, they okay, are. Then they we're are. good. We're good. We're good. No complaints. This is great. Uh, I'm happy to have it happen. Also, can one of the cats come to my apartment? Because we are having a mouse okay, problem. great. And I, no, no one in our building has a cat anymore. Uh-huh. And that's really the only way to deal with it. I mean, it. you can basically order one. They, they, <laughs> you can like put in a request. Wow. Uh, I don't know if they're shipping across state lines, but in Chicago, <laughs> you basically can just order a cat and they will send it to you. So this program, it's called the Cats at Work program. <laughs> 
<laughs> Must be nice. All these cats are employed. They started by, it was started by the Treehouse Humane Society in 2012 as an environmentally safe alternative to using poison. But that means this has been around for nine years and Chicago has been named the rattiest city for six years. So guess who's not doing shit? These fucking cats. Sounds like someone should not be getting paid. The important thing to know, again, this comes after that fact, which means they're not doing shit, but one of the Humane Society program managers said that the cats don't necessarily have to eat the rats. They're deterring them with their pheromones. So just exactly. by being there and being, I don't know, horny, I guess. I do like that that their website was very explicitly like, these are cats that would not have thrived in a home or shelter community. And also we're not just like throwing them out a window onto the street. Like <laughs> str- there are strategically placed, they've been like requested. But you know what? Honestly, I would support them just throwing cats out a window. <laughs> so yeah, cats and rats, Chicago, summer 2021. <laughs> Next, an incredibly rare blue and yellow macaw believed to be the last wild bird of its kind left in Rio de Janeiro. That's Brazil, by the way. Thanks, Mr. Geography. This bird has been spotted returning to this zoo enclosure and lightly canoodling with all of the domesticated macaws inside. Basically, her behavior has led some to believe that this incredibly rare, one-of-a-kind bird is super lonely and looking for love. Sounds like someone else (laughs) I know. You. (laughs) You, when you wear your big bird slippers. It's not easy looking in the mirror, but you know what? It takes it takes a beautiful blue yellow uh, macaw for you to see yourself <laughs> and how desperate you've become. So basically, <laughs> this um, bird named Juliet, get it? Wow! Like the Real teenage original. girl who died. <laughs> they they live to be about thirty five years old, and according to this article, Juliet is no spring chicken. So, yeah, zoologists were like, yeah, she should have found a lifelong mate years ago, but she just hasn't coupled up. She hasn't built a nest. She hasn't had chicks. So most likely she's still just dating. The remarkable thing here is that there are no wild macaws flying around Brazil. It's just Juliet. She's like the last remaining, at least blue and and yellow macaw. The rest of them have been domesticated. Okay, well, sorry. She's just focusing on her career. Yeah. Why do we have to impose this kind of, oh, you have to get married. You have to settle down. You have to have children. Let her be free. Let her be a single woman. The fate of wild macaw should not rest on her shoulders. This is the uh, unreasonable expectations that are set up for powerful women. Okay. Juliet's just a girl boss. What glass ceiling? There is no glass ceiling because she can fly wherever she wants. She's broken it already. (laughs) The only other really notable thing is the park that she keeps visiting. They're planning on fostering a number of of blue and yellow macaws from, I don't know what the word is, chick (laughs) And training them to be... Uh, to be released eventually into the wild. So Mm -hmm. if she lives that long, she'll have some friends in the wild with her. Next! More than 800 baby turtles have been rescued from storm drains in New Jersey 
after cold temperatures drove them into the subterranean sewer system. Oh, shit. We're about to get so many Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Yeah. In New Jersey, these turtles are going to be emerging like <laughs> cabs ahead. I don't know how to do a New Jersey <laughs> accent. That's the only quote that I remember from Jersey Shore. Cabs ahead. <laughs> The turtles were uh, uh, apparently driven underground by by cold temperatures, and they survived off of their yolk sacs, which is the worst uh, possible food I could think of. I don't really know what a yolk (laughs) sac is. I assume it's like, you know, they pop out the egg, and then they just eat the shell. And the whatever goopy stuff was left. Yeah. And now volunteers are rescuing them and turning them over to the Stockton University Head Start program, which is rehabilitating these these turtles. They're they're gonna get them into schools. They're gonna get them on an employment track. Yeah. They're gonna give them a head start on life. Quite the name for a program designed <laughs> to reintegrate baby turtles into the sea. <laughs> They are recommending, if you find a hatchling, to put it in room temperature water up to the shell with a rock it can climb on. And then um, healthy turtles can be released at dusk into a tidal creek or a bay area. Just FYI. In the Venn diagram of people who listen to this show and (laughs) potentially find a a hatchling in New Jersey. (laughs) Now you know what to do. Or you could do what my mom did and bring it home and raise it for 20 years. (laughs) (laughs) R.I.P. Corn Pop. And finally, one of the best stories of of late, a 28-year-old woman in Florida, only in Florida, posed as a high school student in an apparent attempt to promote her Instagram page. And you know what? It sounds like it worked. Shiro. Shiro. Yeah, this woman is fully arrested. Uh, (laughs) She is now facing charges of burglary, interfering with school functions, and resisting arrest without violence, according to records. Um, So yeah, this took place in the Miami area. Uh, This woman showed up to this high school and started handing out pamphlets with her Instagram account printed on it (laughs) after sneaking onto campus around 8.30 in the morning. She had a black backpack and carried a skateboard as she walked through the hallways. <laughs> okay, literally Steve Buscemi in 30 Rock. Literally, yeah, how do you I do just, my fellow teens? Is that it? Or my fellow youths? <laughs> I don't understand. A 28-year-old woman clearly has thought enough about this plot to put this much energy into it. And her uh-huh. picture of a teen is backpack and skateboard. <laughs> I I mean also I can say I'm, I'm not I mean obviously I'm not a teen so I don't know how teens think. Although right. no, I take that back. Obviously I'm not a teen, but I do know how teens think. Because <laughs> I do think like a teen. And whenever I go on walks, there's this one part around Brooklyn where all the skateboarders hang out and that is mm-hmm. when my anxiety is highest. <laughs> That's when my adrenaline pumps the hardest. I'm horrified <laughs> of them. I always feel like they're challenging me, like they're seeing how close they can get to me to like scare me. Yeah, because they probably are. Yeah. I feel like I'm I'm like another walking kind of obstacle that they get to play their little skateboard tricks off of. Anyway, a school security tracked her down as she was wandering the hallways 
And she told investigators she was looking for the registration office. And so they just let her go to the registrations office, except she didn't enter it and just kept walking through the hallways. I love the idea that like school security found this woman <laughs> was like, oh, you're not you don't belong here. But oh, you're like, you're just looking for the registration office. OK, it's right that way. Go ahead. And then they just let her go back unaccompanied. <laughs> And then kept walk, she kept walking around talking to students. And then they tried to catch up with her again. Then she started running. And then finally, they notified uh, the office there was a security threat. And they tracked her down and told her to stop and arrested her. Oh, yeah. Authorities tracked her down through her Instagram page and arrested her <laughs> later in the day. Uh, she really set herself up there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I love to do when I'm committing a crime? Bring pamphlets with my Instagram handle on it. <laughs> <laughs> Document every moment. Yeah, I mean, I guess, you know, they don't teach you that in school, in, in, in going viral school of, of how to get more <laughs> followers. But as someone who has given a Skillshare class on how to create content for the internet, um, I can tell you from personal experience, the best way, print a pamphlet, pretend to be a teen, go to your local <laughs> high school, distribute those pamphlets, carry a skateboard, don't get arrested. There you have it. Anyway, that's it for this week's Worst Things First. As always, if you want to hear and see even more amazing, incredible stories that were brutally cut for time from this week's episode, you can head to my Patreon, patreon.com slash Guess what? It's just like five bucks a month and you get all of these bonus stories. Next, we're diving deep into your rants. Time for the rant hotline. Deep dive, deep dive, deep dive, deep dive, deep dive. Deep dive, deep dive, deep dive, deep dive, deep dive. Our rant hotline is always open for you and the teens who like to prank us. We have, we have quite a few teens who prank us. Uh, to call in and leave us your own rants because on Happy Hour, it's not just us. It is us as a community, okay? Everybody is welcome to join in on the ranting. We need ranting now more than ever, right? And so as we do uh, every so often, we're dipping into the rant hotline and uh, playing some of our favorites and commiserating with you. So let's hear it. Here's our first ranter of the day. You've reached the voicemail box of Unhappy Hour, the show where we bitch about all the things we love to hate. So why don't you leave us your rant after the beat? Hi, guys. Since it's Mother's Day, I wanted to rant about my mother-in-law's fucking Beanie Baby collection. She's like <laughs> one of those people that literally thinks she's still going to make a fortune off of her fucking Beanie Babies. And like specifically her most prized Beanie Baby is this Princess Diana Beanie Baby mm -hmm, mm -hmm. thing. And she swears she purchased it even before she died. And so in her mind, like, that makes it even more expensive. And and I'm like, what proof do you have that you bought that before then? 
because she doesn't have the receipt saying she bought this stupid beanie baby before she died. And that's what I have to say. It drives me up the wall. (laughs) (laughs) What a, what a beautiful rant. I Um, (laughs) love that. Um, Yeah. If you need someone to convince your mother-in-law that she is wrong, you can play this for her. Listen up, mother-in-law. You did not purchase the Princess Diana Beanie Baby (laughs) before Princess Diana died. Okay? I'm a Beanie Baby expert. I also hail from a Beanie Baby collecting family. (laughs) My mother still has her Princess Diana Beanie Baby in a glass case somewhere in our house, as does my grandma. I'm pretty sure my grandma's entire bedroom that we are, like, not allowed to go in is just, it just has shelves around all of the walls with Beanie Babies on it. Oh, God. (laughs) Yeah. I probably have said before that my grandparents used to get all of us Beanie Babies like crazy. It was like we you would have surgery and someone like you'd get a beanie baby as like oh, yeah. your, that was like they the were, thing. They were huge in hospital gift right, shops. Right, right. That's true. That's where they were gift shops was where they were big in. Um, oh yeah. So obviously the hospital. <laughs> uh but the point is, famously, famously, that that beanie baby, the Princess Diana beanie baby was in memorial. Yeah. It, it was an in memoriam beanie baby. It came out two months after she died. <laughs> so unless your mom was a time traveler or some sort of witch, not possible. <laughs> yeah. What did they call it? It had a special name, too. It had a white rose on it, first of all. Yeah. Yeah. According to Wikipedia also... She died in uh, on August 31st, 1997. The bear was released in October 1997. And all of the proceeds, according to the founder of Beanie Babies, would be donated to the Diana Princess of Wales Memorial Fund. So basically, if your mother-in-law bought it before she died, as she claims, guess what? She stole from the Princess Diana of Wales Memorial Fund. Rub that in her face. <laughs> I do love that this is a rant about your mother-in-law though. That makes it <laughs> that makes it perfect. Next. Okay, Matt. Uh this is overdue, but I, I just had to sit down and do it. Fuck Harry Potter. All right. I know this is one of those uh what what's something popular that everyone loves that you hate, but you know, fuck Harry Potter, man. Like th- these books are so fucking overrated and I I know BuzzFeed alumni, you're, you know, their foundation is built on thousands of listicles that are like, you know, 23 reasons Hufflepuffs eat ass on the second date. But <laughs> what, I mean, what the fuck is up with this with this fucking series? So, for, so Harry is, is a legacy fail son who who fails upwards through the help of his friends. Like, he, if this fucker went to Yale, he would have been part of Skull and Bones and like a Bush legacy son. What the <laughs> so fuck? Keep your mind of the fucking Weasleys, Harry. Fuck you. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then the, 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 the culture, this series. I've created a bunch of blue chick dipshits uh, on Twitter who only relationship to the world they inhabit is how it relates to these fucking books. Like, if I see another tweet about, I'm having such a Gryffindor door, it's like, no, you aren't. Read another fucking book. <laughs> Fuck these fucking books, man. I'm so, oh, God damn it. Hey, Barry. <laughs> Hi. <laughs> Okay, first of all, a Hufflepuff would never eat ass on the second date, okay? <laughs> For a Hufflepuff, that's like a fifth or sixth date tops. <laughs> Um, but no, I tend to agree. And I will also add in my defense, because he is absolutely right. A like core 
pillar of BuzzFeed early <laughs> days was just Harry Potter content. And one of my best friends was like the the like leader of that Harry Potter BuzzFeed content movement. I don't think I ever wrote a Harry Potter article. Sure, defend yourself. Actually, you know what? I did. And it was um there was this one project that we did once uh that was like what if BuzzFeed existed during different time periods? Mm -hmm. And we wrote a bunch of like fake articles about like, what if BuzzFeed existed in like 1990 or 2000? And I wrote a like a, a joke one that was like the new book that's turning all of our kids into like Wiccans, basically like <laughs> Satanists, <laughs> which is like a very real phenomenon yeah. <laughs> um, or an alleged phenomenon. Um, I remember my boss was like, this is too mean. <laughs> This is like too mean for parents who were afraid. <laughs> it's like, are you joking? This was like a well-documented like thing. Anyway. I just want to point out in case this listener hasn't heard our episode from a couple years ago, we do have an episode all about Harry Potter and we do really, really drag Harry in that one. So mm -hmm, just mm -hmm. in case you haven't heard, I feel like this really is an episode for you. It's also the first time that Matt was ever really stoned. Yeah. Which happened at Harry Potter World. That was the beginning of the end. <laughs> exactly. That was the last time I had all of my brain cells. <laughs> yeah, I, I, for the most part, agree. I can't really get behind like grown adults wearing like robes or, or playing Quidditch. <laughs> Especially considering that it's like the heaviest polyester fabric you can possibly <laughs> fathom. You're basically wearing like felt around a, a football field, <laughs> which is not a great idea. I do sometimes, I, I I will be contrarian to the contrarian here, which is, I understand when people are like, please, for God's sake, read another fucking book mm -hmm. and stop relating everything. I think the big thing was like, around the election, it was like, oh, yeah. this is... Voldemort. <laughs> right, right. And a part of me, it's like, I don't know, one of the functions of stories in culture is to give people like a framework with which to see the world. Wow. If I really wanted to be deep wow. and philosophical about it. Okay, I, went, I read one book about... <laughs> A hero with a thousand faces and all stories are the same and it's because it springs from our unconscious and that's how our human mind thinks and processes our <laughs> lives in the world. Um, but yes, I get it. I wish people would um, expand their horizons. And also like J.K. Rowling is canceled now. So. <laughs> and finally. Hey guys, I just had to call and rant about something that happened to me that I cannot get out of my brain, and so I'm hoping by telling the world, because you know the world listens to your guys' podcast, something needs to be done about telling old people to label their sex toys before they die so that their nieces and nephews don't find them when they clean out their house during the estate process. Uh, my 70-year-old aunt passed away, and I'm a full-ass adult. I cannot handle it. Yeah, I opened her nightstand. There was a tip of something. So I covered it up and I just basically dumped out the whole drawer. I have no idea what was in there. I didn't look. I had to dump it in the garbage and I probably threw away maybe some money, maybe some diamond earrings. Who knows? But guess what? I don't care because I could not stand what could possibly be in there. And I had to dump it out. And it was all because she didn't like label a box that just said, don't fucking go in here. It's 
you don't want to see this. So I'm, I just need to call my counselor. So thanks for hearing me out. And I know that um, I just, I really hope that people tell their loved ones to just hide that shit. What an important <laughs> PSA. <laughs> Honestly, I know um, they they explain that as, you know, a message for old people in particular. This is a message for everybody. <laughs> okay, because it doesn't matter. I, yeah, have thought about this exact thing. <laughs> Part of it is just like, okay, if I die, do I really care what somebody finds in my wake? Mm -hmm. No. Also, like, I understand the one impulse of throwing this into the garbage, but... Think about the potential for family heirloom there. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm, um, mm -hmm. Just sex positive family heirloom. <laughs> I could not think of anything more horrific than <laughs> than really exploring that thought. Um, so I'm just going to put that to rest. Uh, the point is, yeah, I, this is a great message for everybody is get a shoebox, put a big old label on it and keep all of your extra belongings right in there mm -hmm. and say do not open throw away immediately upon my death <laughs> better yet get a lockbox with a key there you go but yeah shout out to this caller who called us and then also is calling their counselor just i love yeah. that this is a always a two-pronged approach exactly <laughs> on unhappy hour you get your ranting out on the on the air and then you get it out to a professional <laughs> Thank you for bitching with us. And if you want to leave us a rant, you can call the rant hotline at 601-600-RANT. That's 601-600-7268. Call us, leave a rant. And uh, that's it for this week's theme dive. So next, we got Punam Patel on the pod right after this commercial break. It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. All right. My guest complainer today is Poonam Patel. You've seen her on Space Force, Kevin from Work, Alone Together, and now special on Netflix, which is uh, launching its second season. Welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you for having me. I love your purple background. Thank you. It's almost like uh, I feel like I've, I set this up too well, so it doesn't even... It, it would look better if it was a fake background, I think. No, I'm if glad was you like a touched green screen. <laughs> well, I'm glad you touched it because I was wondering if it was real or not. It's it is sadly real. Uh, I put time and energy and money into purchasing a purple curtain and hanging it up. <laughs> 
I love it. So it reminds me of like, you know, that scene um, from Wedding Singer with John Lovitz. Uh huh. When he's like, he's losing his mind. <laughs> he like pulls the curtain. <laughs> yep. Yep. Uh, that's what if an interview ever goes horribly, I can just kind of recede back into the yeah. curtain. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Even though there's just a blank wall behind it. <laughs> it's fine. <laughs> Well, welcome to the show. We like to start off by asking, what is one thing you hate that everybody else loves? I One thing that I hate that everyone in this country loves uh-huh. is like classic American cuisine. Okay, okay. Like I <laughs> did it. That's going to mean a lot gross. of things though. Because I, I am always like, what is American cuisine anyway? Exactly. But like when I think of American cuisine, like... Because I didn't grow up eating it. We grew up eating Indian food. Mm-hmm. And so then when I would go to, like, it, this started very young. So whenever I'd go over to, like, a friend's house and they'd have, like, casserole. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Like, things like that. I used to be like, ooh, this is exotic. Like, what right. is this meatloaf? And the older I got, I'm like, American food is, like, all boiled. Uh-huh. There's no seasoning. It doesn't like let any of the vegetables sing. And it's also very meat centric. And listen, I don't care if people eat meat or not. I personally, like as of late, do not eat meat, but I did. Mm-hmm, I mm-hmm. used to. So it's like, I'm not going to tell people not to eat meat. Uh huh. But like American cuisine is like obsessed with meat. Right. And you're not even like really doing anything with it. We're just like slapping it on a grill or like broiling it or boiling it. Uh-huh. And then we're just like mixing it with other like boiled vegetables or like a side of boiled vegetables or like steamed vegetables. There's no like stir fry. There's no sear. There's no like masala. There's no spices. There's no pickling. Right. Yeah. It's very boring. That's why I definitely have seen a lot of defenses of vegetables uh, of late because so many people are like, oh, you grew up hating vegetables. It's because you don't know how to cook and nobody in your family knows how to cook. (laughs) Yeah. Because you were bad at this. Exactly. Like people are like, I hate eggplant. I like, I hate okra. I'm like, well, that's because you didn't have my mom who was like (laughs) fucking making bomb ass okra and like crisping it and like stuffing eggplant with like spice mixtures and roasting it. You had like boring ass shit. (laughs) Yeah. American cuisine also like really kills me too, because it's like, whenever you like think of like Michelin starred restaurants and just like the culinary scene in general, especially in this country. Yes, a lot of it I know is like derived from like French cuisine and sauces and like uh-huh. you get it. It's like very complex. But it's just like, why is this the food that's constantly being rewarded? It has, it's the least exciting food, in my opinion. And like you barely see like an Indian restaurant or a Thai restaurant get Michelin stars. I'm sure they're out there, Mm -hmm. but like not as many as like nouveau American cuisine. And you go to like all these like hip LA places and it's like a bunch of small plates. You end up spending like $80 a person to eat like one (laughs) carrot and a Brussels sprout. And I'm like, what are we doing? Yeah. A part of me is like, oh, I miss I miss being able to go to a restaurant and spending like two hundred dollars on absolutely nothing and leaving hungry. (laughs) Yeah, Uh, absolutely. But also uh, I basically replicated that experience right here in this purple box, because every time (laughs) I order takeout, I'm like, this is takeout in New York or L.A. is like so expensive. It's not any cheaper. And it's yeah. I feel like I'm also, I have to order so much in order to be full. Oh, absolutely. And I'm just a little honey hog and I love food. And so it's (laughs) like, I have to, 
I have to like make each order like wor- worth it in uh-huh. my mind. Like in my mind, I can't just order like one thing because then it's like not worth it. Uh-huh. And that's for dining in <laughs> and taking out. Right. So I'm like if I go through the trouble of like ordering this, I have to like get enough for maybe two meals. Uh-huh. But now with delivery, it's like they think I live alone. They think I'm ordering for like four or five people because they include like four or five utensil sets. In yeah, there. same, same. And so I've been trying to like pick up more often because, you know, like all the delivery apps and we're hearing like all that stuff. Mm-hmm. But for a while I was like, I'm not leaving my house getting <laughs> delivery. And I would like literally come to the door and it'd be like, OK, guys, food's here. Mom, food's here. Get, <laughs> right. Tell you Nana have to do the to whole the show. Table. Yeah. Full parade. No one fucking cares. The delivery guy does not give a shit. He's giving me like two bags of food. He sees it's just me. He knows I'm lying. You don't care, but I like felt I had to put on this like charade to justify why I ordered this much food. But I've really gotten over it at this point because I'm like, I just love it. Yeah, I uh, I was talking with someone on uh, a dating app um, already. A okay. Mistake. Yeah. All yeah. right, brag. <laughs> right. I had one conversation <laughs> and <laughs> he was saying uh, that he was his his form of exercise was going and picking up the food that he would order like that was his daily walk uh was like he would justify ordering out because he would go and pick it up and i kind of it wasn't until then that i was like oh right that's an option (laughs) like uh, you can (laughs) go on these places and order it and then say that you'll go and get it yourself i was i'm just like no 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 if i'm if i'm getting it taking out like they should bring it to me Absolutely. And it depends on the weather and right. the day right. and how you're feeling emotionally. So I think a good, healthy combo of all is fine. I also have this thing where like now that like things are opening up a little bit in L.A., I like, you know, got vaccinated. And mm-hmm. so I went to like a patio for the first time. It was like very spread out. It was very safe. But we ordered fries and I was like, I haven't had fresh, hot fries yeah in like a year which like boohoo who cares but i just like didn't realize it because we're getting takeout all the time so that's another thing that's been motivating me to pick up because i've been doing a lot of car car eating where i either eat <laughs> eat in the car or take it to the trunk right right and eat it hot like i at least if i like get a pizza i at least have to have like one slice as soon as i get in the car uh-huh. and then later i'll come home heat it up whatever right but like you want it hot and fresh. We forgot what like hot, fresh food tastes like unless you're cooking it yourself. Yeah, I do. I do miss that kind of like the communal bowl of which was already disgusting. Um, yeah. But now that I also have like, you know, got my second shot, I'm waiting for it to fully percolate inside of me. Yeah. I, like, yeah, I'm going we're licking all of the fries in front of everybody and sharing them. How is your this this is going to sound like an intensely personal question. So <laughs> but I'm again, I'm just projecting my own life, yeah. which is as someone who also uh, lives by myself and orders a lot of takeout, is your couch also covered in food stains? It is not. OK, yet. well, <laughs> fine, fine. But that's because I live like a slob. <laughs> no, no, no. That's because I have a food quill. Oh, like okay. I have See, that's where that's where I was quilt. going with this. <laughs> I have an old quilt that I put down, or I put it on the coffee table and sit on the floor, and so Genius. my chin can be directly above my plate. Genius! I and that's, that's the only is reason what I needed to hear. Yeah, 
because yeah. I I'm I, I was like even when I'm using utensils because I've eaten a hundred percent of my meals in the last year like on my couch. Yeah. Let's just say that it is not in mint condition. It is not resellable. This is this is going into the burn it pile when yeah. <laughs> when I move next. But Honestly, yeah. couches are made to be used. Yeah, you know, like you have to live. Not as like a plate, though. <laughs> that which is my problem. <laughs> You're putting the pizza directly onto the couch cushion. Yeah, I my my friend Barry, who is uh, a, another producer on the show, she was over, and I dropped something. I was also a little bit stoned, full disclosure. So to be fair, my brain was operating at a slower level. But she, I like went to pick it up and paused for a second. And then I, and then I was like, Ugh. and in that moment, she was like, were you just about to leave that and then realize that I was here and that you have to pick it up in front of me? <laughs> and I was like, yeah. <laughs> oh, for sure. Absolutely. Yeah, it was one of those, you know, it was one of those crumbs that was like, okay, I'll get that. I'll get that in like later. Not like, you know, next week, but like, I, I'm going to finish this task and I'll come back and pick it up. And um, I realized you can't, that's not like, you can't do that in front of other people. Yeah. Well, we're used to like literally like roaming around our homes like we're fucking ghosts for the past year. Like yeah. no one's watching us. I got a little bit nervous, but like, oh my God, someone's gonna watch me eat. I've been eating like an absolute nomad, just like I like I said, like chin over the plate, just uh -huh. like shoving food in, not even processing what I look like. And then I'm like, oh, I actually have to like think about this now. Right, right. Yeah. There's all these habits that we have to like recalibrate now that yeah. now that people are coming around again. Yeah. Um, I, how, how has the last year been for, have you been in LA throughout the entire time? I have, I've been in LA. Um, I live alone, which I was like super grateful for in the beginning. I, I've, you know, I really can't complain because I've been really fortunate where I haven't had to work. I've been able to live in a place that I really love and enjoy. I have mm -hmm. like a little outdoor space. I live in a place like California where it's like nice weather. So I could still go on like walks and things. Right. So comparatively, it's been not um, difficult for me in that sense. Um, but I think, you know, like everyone, I think it took its toll probably like in the beginning, even Ryan, who's on special with me was like, what the hell? You sound like you're thriving. Cause I was like in my little <laughs> workout routine and I was like uh -huh. cooking and spending time in the sun and taking naps on my porch. And I was like, this is great. I'm reading all these books. And then after a couple months, I think, cause we thought it was only going to be for a little bit. Right. And then I think once, you know, we had a really intense summer, all of us and mm -hmm. with everything going on and still going on, it kind of started the the wave of it started this past summer. And I think the hardest part maybe was like not being able to process, like not have someone here to process the world yeah, with. Right. I think that's probably been the hardest part because, you know, we do these things also as human beings where when there's all these insanely devastating things happening all around us that are rooted in our country and we're living really privileged lives, we feel guilty, almost even feeling bad. So it's like mm -hmm. even those things, but that at, at a certain point, it's like, well, we're human and it's going to affect us and that doesn't help anyone. So mm -hmm. after I got over that, it was back. And now in 2021, I feel like I'm thriving again because I got a Peloton. <laughs> oh, okay, okay. Yeah, yeah. I'm I, in. Uh, I drink the Kool-Aid. 
Well, how long have you has has that been going on? Because you know, I don't I don't want to like burst your bubble, but I I'm just projecting what what I think onto you, and that is that like I would last like a week, and that thing would be in the garbage. So that's what people are telling me. I'm still very much in the honeymoon phase with my. All right. I, I mean, yeah, I'm like, not. I'm not. I'm not trying to stop you. By no, I mean it's gonna happen eventually because I'm human. But right now, I'm still like loving it. I like sweating. Just makes me feel like really good. Yeah, yeah. I love to sweat, and I sweat a lot. <laughs> I don't, I mean, you know, people who are just hearing us can't see our, our Zoom screens. I am perspiring already. And that is, you know, I like to I like to set the mood by like cranking up the heat in the ro- the room that I record in just so that I I can regale you with my my shiny forehead. But I'm a big sweater. <laughs> and for a long time, that was like an impediment to working out because I was like, no, why would I want to have this feeling? I already have it involuntarily why would I want to voluntarily seek it out and then you kind of get used to it and it's it's fine I love well that's because that's why we both have such nice skin (laughs) when I sweat (laughs) I like love it because I'm like my body is working Uh uh-huh look at my body working look at it just like getting all this shit out of me (laughs) and like it just feels like yes I'm doing something I'm not just like sitting around but I will say it takes me a long time to stop sweating Mm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Once like once I, the valves <laughs> open, there it's very hard yeah. to stop them. Yeah, it's like Pringles. <laughs> I I felt that a lot in like bars and places that I, I, like whenever I'd go somewhere and it was like kind of hot. The second it started, it was like, uh oh, I'm just yeah. gonna be wet for the rest of the night now. <laughs> oh, for sure. Yeah, I put on so much deodorant and still, as long as I don't smell, I'm like fine with it. Because honestly, yeah. it's like. At a certain point, like how long can we spend our lives like apologizing for our bodily functions? Mm-hmm. Like I grew up in a household where it like wasn't rude to like burp and fart. Like we like openly burped at the table. My dad openly farted at the table and we'd be like, ah, but like we ate with our hands. Like there's so many things that like we just think are bad because we've been told they are. But we actually think about it. It's like, well, what's wrong with having your elbows on the table? Like right. who cares? Yeah, yeah. I'm I'm the same way. I always felt so self-conscious, especially when I went off to college cuz I went to I went to a school that had like a lot of like rich people. <laughs> uh my family was not rich. It was it was a weird transition to like a friend's family would take us out for dinner and I'd be like, "Oh, you guys it's it is rude <laughs> to put my elbows on this table. I had no idea. Yeah, I, I learned the hard way. Oh, I I would get so nervous. Like you know, again, going back to like eating at a friend's house growing up. First of all, we didn't use knives. Like there was nothing in Indian <laughs> food that required a knife. Ever. Okay, yeah. Like knives were there to like butter your toast and like for mm-hmm. show, but it, like knives did never even hit the table. We barely used spoons. We just ate with our hands. Like yeah, and we used nature's utensils which are teeth Uh and you know just ripping shit apart and just like enjoying it like fully in it and I remember the first time I went over to like a friend's place and her mom like served me you know some like dry ass chicken breast and there was like this knife and I was like trying to cut it and I like completely like missed and my food went everywhere and she's like I think you're just too nervous and I was like (laughs) I am nervous this is weird you just handed a child a knife yeah like this is an odd situation to me 
I I do love that about uh, Indian food, though, is that you don't need a utensil. All you need is a is a strip of bread that you can. Yeah, that is your utensil. Just oh, absolutely. Scoop. Slop it up. Yeah. Well, before we, because I I know you had some other items on your list of things that you hate. Yes. But I want to ask about the show first uh, before we get into all of that. Yes. Yeah. So tell me about your your character for people who don't know. Yeah, so Special is a show on Netflix. Season one came out, gosh, almost two years ago, which mm-hmm. feels like insane. And it was a quarter hour series um, created by Ryan O'Connell. He had written a memoir about his life. He's gay. He has cerebral palsy. And the show is basically about his life in particular, but really just about like growing up and becoming an adult and all the things that we universally experience. And um, my character, Kim, is his coworker and best friend. And she's an extremely like body positive, boss ass bitch. Mm-hmm. Kim is like his guide through mm-hmm. season one and kind of helps him navigate adulthood. And in season one, you see a little bit of her cracks that she's in credit card debt because she's been like trying to keep up appearances. Um, and you really touch on it. And so for season two, Ryan really fought hard for half hour episodes because he really wanted to dive into Kim's story because he just like loves the character so much. So in season two, she gets like put through it, but you get to just learn more about her as an Indian American woman, mm-hmm. a curvy woman, a woman in the workforce, um, in a male dominated workforce. Um, and she's just extremely flawed. And what I love about playing her is that like, it kind of shows you that like as a human being, like sometimes we think we just have to be like one thing. Mm -hmm. And so we think like, Oh, I feel confident today, but if I feel like insecure tomorrow, that means I'm not confident. Mm -hmm. And I feel like through Kim, you can see that like you can be both. And it's like, you can have moments of both where all of these things exist inside of us. And some days maybe the insecure parts come up more and mm-hmm. some days maybe the confident part comes up more, but that doesn't mean you're just insecure or you're just confident. And you get to see that with her where she's really, really strong, but you see her struggle really hard with a lot of things involving self-sabotage, low self-worth, um, kind of like mismanagement of her own life. And you get to kind of see a bit about her background and her family, where she came from and kind of understand why she is the way she is. But um, overall, I think watching her just will make people feel good about themselves. And that's probably like the best part about it. Yeah, I do. I I love the show. I haven't finished season two, but I, okay. I got the preview and I'm I'm working my way through. Yeah, it's nice that it's. You know, sometimes you hear that uh, it makes people feel good about themselves and they're referring to it like, oh, it, because you're not the at least you're not this person. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and I feel no, like, no, I mean the other way. Right, yeah. Exactly. That's what I love is that it's like, you know, you're able to see that someone could be all of these things in one and not. Um, yeah. You don't have to just be this the the mess you could be the confident yeah. person one day and you know go back and forth and people are nuanced it turns out yeah turns yeah. out we're layered <laughs> and we're only human <laughs> and you can get that all in a, a half hour show you do you get it all um okay so you have a uh, you have a list of things that we can we could go through because i love a good list of things that someone hates yeah Kissing animals on the mouth <laughs> is, okay. is my favorite and the first one. <laughs> yeah. So I 
currently do not have a pet. I think maybe eventually, maybe I would like a dog, mm -hmm. perhaps. Don't love the thought of having to like pick up someone else's poop all the right, time, right. but like fine. But you know, the benefits of having a beautiful animal that has pure intentions, gorgeous, that's always happy to see you. I think the kissing animals on the mouth really just more than anything confuses me uh -huh. because animals are like the number one things that lick their own buttholes and like nothing against licking buttholes. But when done properly, it's very sanitary. Animals aren't worrying about that. They're licking their butthole perhaps moments before uh -huh. you are kissing them on the mouth. They're also dragging their buttholes across like dirty pavement all the time. Right, right. And then people will be like licking them on the mouth or letting them lick their whole face. Um, and I know, is it a urban, is it real that like the dog's cleanest part of his body is I his was, mouth? I was going to bring that up. I was, yeah. Like, do, do we buy into this myth? I feel like it is actually true, but... It's sure. one of those things that it's like that just doesn't, you know, vibe with my fantasies. So we're going to reject that information. And I don't like maybe at times it is, but it has to be circumstantial. I don't think that can be like all the time. The dog's mouth is the cleanest. You're telling me that the dog's like ear is dirtier than the dog's mouth that just put its mouth into shit. Uh -huh. Like, I just don't believe it. And also maybe the inside of the mouth, but like the lips and everything are touching you. Yeah. Um, wearing shoes in the house. Okay. This might be an immigrant thing because most of the people that I know wear shoes in the house are white. I just <laughs> don't understand it. People out here are like wearing their shoes that they've been walking all outside with mm -hmm. in their house, getting into bed, kicking their shoes up on their bed in their workout clothes. Just even like, I know I have like a higher level of cleanliness than most people. So I try not to be like judgy, but even on a practical sense, don't you know, you like can clean your house less uh -huh. if you're not wearing shoes and aren't you more comfortable barefoot? Yeah. Shoes are never more comfortable than not shoes. Exactly. And like your home should be the most comfortable place. I take my shoes off like, and, and especially in my new place. I used to feel like weird about it, but now I'm like, no. And I purposely keep a couple shoes lined by the door so people know. Uh huh. So I don't have to like say it, but sometimes I'll be like, can you take your shoes off? Right. And right. now my friends just know this is a no shoe home. I Mine is also, I've never been a shoes in person, like in-house person. Yeah. But I do forget sometimes when I'm sure. going over somewhere or someone comes over that that's like, I think it's because it's so second nature that I'm just, I, I I don't even think about the transition. It's just like, yeah, my shoes come off. Oh, for sure. I mean, like, to the point where when we were going to the, like, Emmys, it was, like, very exciting. It was my first time. I was like, oh, my God, I can't believe we're even here. And, like, you know, you get your hair and makeup done and mm -hmm. a stylist comes over. I had everyone take their shoes off. So we have, like hair stylist makeup artist like uh like a stylist with these like gorgeous gowns everyone's barefoot in my house right and we're trying on all the clothes barefoot i'm getting my hair and makeup done barefoot i'm not putting those shoes on till i leave the house that i will say is my one exception is that whenever i'm like going somewhere and i have like a fresh pair of shoes fresh from the package sure. i'm always like okay these can these can see the inside. Yeah, that makes sense. Also, because if I don't wear them a little bit beforehand, I'll bleed out of my feet. So. Oh, God. Yeah. That. Yeah. We that's been that. it's been a while since that's happened. So we'll, we'll get back to that life at some point. <laughs> but <laughs> for now, my feet have survived. <laughs> well, on that note, where uh, can people find you and your work? 
Uh, I'm on Instagram and Twitter. I don't uh-huh. really tweet that much, but I do hit the gram. Um, my handle is at uh, Big Poonam, B-I-G-P-U-N-A-M. I do get tagged as Big Pun, the late rapper, a lot, <laughs> which is weird because my profile picture is like my glamour shot from when I was 12. And so I'm like, I don't, what do you get? What's happening here? Uh-huh. Um, but yeah, and then special will be airing on Netflix May 20th. Amazing. Well, I hope everybody goes and watches it. They can watch the first season now. So they're ready. And uh, thank you so much. This was so much fun. Thank you. I had a blast. All right. We're almost there. We're almost at the end of the show. But first, our chasers. Chasers are the good stuff that help all the bad shit go down easier, starting with Do Better White People, where we highlight some anti-racism resources and other actions we can take to make our world a little bit better. Barry, what are we highlighting this week? This one's for New Yorkers, which is just a reminder that there's a very big mayoral race happening in 2021 and primaries are happening June 22nd. So I just wanted to, you know, remind the New Yorkers out there that it's important to vote in all of your local elections. Make sure you request an absentee ballot or vote early if you can't make it the day of. Make sure you know who's on the ballot. If you don't know who you're voting for, Gothamist has a lengthy guide to help, which we'll include in our show notes. Also check and see if in your voting district there are council people you are supposed to be voting for. Make sure you're informed. And while we at Unhappy Hour aren't necessarily endorsing anyone, I think it's safe to say that we are not endorsing voting for Andrew Yang. (laughs) So uh, just keep that in mind. Um, And make sure that if you aren't in New York, check and see if you got a local election coming up. Make sure you stay involved. Awesome. Let's get into the TV we're watching this week. What are you watching? I finished Rutherford Falls, which was a Mm -hmm. joy. Um, I'm still watching Mayor of Easttown, which is, I wouldn't say a joy, although every scene with Kate Winslet and Gene Smart is just fucking amazing. And I love them. But that's that's a fun, it's, it's fun to have like a weekly show that I can't watch ahead. And I'm like, oh no, you got me with a cliffhanger. Like I haven't felt that in a while. So that's fun. And I'm excited to start the third season of Shrill, which just came out, but I haven't started it yet. What are you watching this week? Yeah, a lot of the same. Rutherford Falls, Shrill, I need to start from the beginning. Oh my gosh. Yeah. But also I got to watch ahead of time the current season or the newest season of special which was the show that our guest was on uh comes out may 20th famously three days before my birthday god (laughs) that's actually how they market it they said specials coming out may 20th sure sure. i mean it's a very important show about like you know a gay man with disability living his best life but of course let's make this about barry center me please yeah i really love the first season of special and i actually forgot until um punam said during our interview that the first season was only like 15 minute episodes it was really quick mm-hmm. and this season they're all half hour episodes oh cool. so her character gets uh, a much more of a storyline and it's just like a nice heartwarming show what's your non-tv chaser my non-TV chaser is that I got my first Manny Petty since December 2019. <laughs> what? 
Um, I'm not like a huge Manny Petty person anyway. I like meaning I don't do it on the reg, mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. I'm fully vaxxed and I was like, this is gonna be a nice little treat. And I'm very happy to report that my manicurist was amazing. She was hilarious and she had tattoos in one of the same places that I have tattoos, which is like, what do you call this part of your arm? It's like I guess your forearm, but like close to your elbow crease. I don't know. That's the part that always hurts on mine. Oh. Okay. Um, Well, I have tattoos there and so did this lady. And I was like, oh, I have tattoos in that spot too. I really like that spot. And she started cracking up and she was like, no, 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 no. I got really drunk and I went and I got this tattoo and she showed me it and it said no regrets. (laughs) No. (laughs) And she was like, I hate it, but whatever. (laughs) And I was like, you got a drunk no regrets tattoo. (laughs) Incredible. That... They should ban that tattoo from all tattoo parlors. <laughs> no regrets. Um, so yeah, my toes and my fingers um, look great, feel great. Uh, and I loved that experience. Really, really was the highlight of my week. What about you? What's your non-TV chaser for the week? My chaser, I've been writing more lately and trying to get Ooh. like back into my habit of writing. I love writing. That was my my first passion. Uh, if, if I wanted to be, you know, that person about it. And I am launching a newsletter. Uh, so I have a, a weekly writing project, but it'll come right to your inboxes. It's called This is Gay Culture. And basically ah. every week I'm going to claim something as gay culture. <laughs> Like the Loch Ness Monster, the Hamburglar, Mm. Gushers, famously gay. Famously. They're just bursting in your mouth. Um, (laughs) It's just a stupid gay newsletter (laughs) every week. And also like a list of of the gayest stuff every week. Um, So that I'll be writing and um, you can subscribe to it. We'll put a link in the show notes or just go to gay.mapllsi.com. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Incredible. You know what's gay culture? That domain name. Well done. Exactly. Exactly. That's it for this week's show. Thank you for listening to Unhappy Hour. If you want more Unhappy Hour shit, obviously you do. You can never get enough of this you can head straight to my Patreon page where you'll get video of bonus worst things first stories or cut from this week's episode, video of extended guest complainer interviews, and a bunch of other fun stuff. Also, go buy some merch at unhappyhourshop.com. And obviously, head to Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Odyssey, that's A-U-D-A-C-Y, or wherever you get podcasts, hit that subscribe button, rate us, review us, it always helps, but only if it's nice. I don't want to hear your shit. Unhappy Hour is a production of Pineapple Street Studios. It's produced by Barry Finkel, Melissa Slaughter, and me, Matt Bellify. Special thanks to Jenna Weiss-Berman and Max Linsky. Our music is by Hansdale Sue. You can bother Barry at Finkleberry Pie. You can worship me at Matt Bellisai. You can follow Unhappy Hour Pod on Twitter for all the latest podcast buzz. And that's it. That's everything. Thank you for listening. See you next week. Uh, Bye-bye. I'm gonna be the very best that no one ever was. <laughs>